Tom Bernard Show with Hackmaster Rafael MD. Andy Brent Bernard. Cassie Schrader. We'll be right back to hear what Jerry Seinfeld has to say about Roseanne Barr being fired right after this Tom Bernard Show. Michael Bryant, Brad Sean Bryant, what's the latest? Well, basically, we're trying to represent people who have been hurt then talk to them before they talk to an adjuster. Uh, one of the key points is to make sure you know what your rights are before you start talking to the insurance company and they start asking you questions or they try to settle your case early and cheap. Well, what's interesting to me is, you know, a lot of people have fear of attorneys. It makes them very uncomfortable. They get nervous about it. What should I do? I've known Michael for years and years now, and I would highly recommend you. So that should be good enough for everybody because I don't endorse people who are dirtbags. Well, I, I appreciate that. Um, but I guess the key is, is people think I'll charge them if I talk to them. Right. So a lot of people call me up. It's like, how much is this going to cost if you call me back? Like, you want me to call you back? How much will that cost? I don't charge people. The only way I get paid is if we recover, um, if we get money from the, the other side. And there's a lot of people I talk to that I never get paid for that are just part of giving them advice to make sure they know what they can do and what their rights are. And your record's terrific as well, we should point out. Well, it works. It's been good. It's been good, ladies and gentlemen. It's been good. And how do they contact you? uh, Either through our website, which is minnesotapersonalinjury.com, minnesotapersonalinjury.com, or at 800-770-7008. Michael Bryant, Bradshaw, and Bryant. Walzer Automotive is a Minnesota family-owned business. It started in the 50s. It's grown by leaps and bounds, especially in the past few years, and they now have 23 dealerships spread across two states. The Walzer way includes upfront, no-haggle pricing on every single new and used vehicle they sell. If you change your mind, no problem. Check out Walzer's three-day return and 30-day exchange policy. I'm a customer, my family are customers, and many of my friends have bought cars from them. The Walzer way is really different, and I know you'll be pleasantly surprised. For great deals on new or used Acura, Audi, Buick, BMW, Chevrolet, Chrysler, Dodge, GMC, Honda, Hyundai, Jaguar, Jeep, Land Rover, Lexus, Mazda, Mercedes, Mini, Nissan, Porsche, Ram, Subaru, or Toyota, go to walzer.com, Walzer Automotive Group, walzer.com. You know, this song could not have been very difficult to write. No. Did you did you watch the carpool karaoke with a Paul McCartney? Oh, with uh, um, James Cor- James Corden. Yeah. yeah, I did. Yeah. Yeah, that was that was a very touching story of how yeah. he came up with the lyrics for "Let It Be." Yep. Yeah, about it was it was his mother, I believe. Yeah, I think that's came right. Came to him in yeah. a dream, and that's how he. Aww. Yeah, it was very touching, and they started singing, and they were both like crying and tearing up. I was like, "Oh no!" You want to lose your mom, you know? <laughs> yeah. Jerry Seinfeld is weighing in on the fallout Roseanne Barr has received after she posted a racist tweet, leading ABC to cancel her hit sitcom and instead greenlight a spinoff series titled The Connors, which won't include her. E.T. spoke to the 64-year-old comedian on Monday about a new season of the show, of his show, Comedians in Cars Getting Coffee, coming to Netflix, and also got his candid thoughts on the controversy surrounding Barr's remarks. I didn't see why it was necessary to fire her, Seinfeld said. Why would you murder someone who's committing suicide? Well, but I ne- what? where's that? Well, it's true, yeah. But I never saw someone ruin their entire career with one button push, he added. That was fresh. Seinfeld also said he thought another female comedian should get a chance to play Barr's part. Uh, I think they should get another Roseanne, he advised. They brought Dan Connor back. He was dead, and they brought him back, so why can't we get another Roseanne? Mm -hmm. There's uh, other funny women that could do that part. You need to get the comic in there. I hate to see a comic lose a job. As for comedians in cars getting coffee, Seinfeld dished uh, dished about hanging out with lots of A-list guests this season, including Ellen DeGeneres. It was fun, he said, of his candid chat with the daytime talk show host. And then we had an interesting conversation about penises. But I'll let you watch that. (laughs) But it's clean, believe it or not. Yeah, we started discussing, if you're a lesbian, what do you think of the penis? 
Is it something you hate or are you okay with it? She said she was okay with it. She just doesn't really feel one way or another about it. I said, that's the way I feel. This is what we've been talking about lately. You don't have to feel one way or another about anything, whether it be race, color, creed, uh, orientation, or penises or vaginas. It's one way or another. I don't really, uh, I, whatever makes you happy works for me, mm-hmm. right? Unless, of course, taking advantage of other people and bullying other people, then I don't have, I, do, I have a huge problem with that. Yeah, I don't think they can replace Roseanne. Well, I mean, I think what's going to happen is that they're going to start the series off because it I think the last episode that aired of the reboot of Roseanne where she was addicted to pain medications mm, yeah. because of her knees. Yep. And then Dan's like, I'm going to find a way to get you this surgery. And I think what they're going to do is the opening She'll scene. Die during the surgery. Die. They're yeah. in the hospital and mm-hmm. she doesn't make it through surgery. Probably. She died of an infected so. knee. And it was Ralph Basham doing the surgery. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, don't, I don't do knees. I don't do knees. You know, I, I think that uh, your con- your, the way you introduced this is said that they're going to uh, reboot the show without Roseanne Barr, but they're also going to reboot it without ratings. Yeah. I just, yeah, I agree. It's just, it's just that's her personality. I mean, it's a, it's, yep. you know, a lot of people look at it as a story of her life the way she is. No, it's done. Put a fork in it. I ABC. would agree with that. The only thing that might keep it alive for a while is John Goodman. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. He's a pretty big character. Uh, Seinfeld also explained why this show is important to him. Uh, I felt like there's another world to being a comedian that the public never sees, and it's not on a talk show, and it's not in some of these other interview shows that are on TV. He noted the uh, series, um, which features him taking a drive with a famous comedian and sitting down over a cup of coffee. I thought I'd got get them out of the package, out of the wrapper, and just go to a coffee shop and hang out, and then you see the real person. Uh, the new season of Comedians in Cars Getting Coffee starts streaming July 6th on Netflix. So uh, that's good. Yeah, interesting. You know, he, he says that he gets them. He's going to take them in a car where they're being filmed. Then he's going to take them to a coffee, coffee shop to get a cup of coffee where they're going to be filmed. Yeah. So they're really not out of their element. I think a far better choice would be for them to just be mic'd and then do those things. Yep. And the video piece is such a such a production uh, leap. It's almost an order of magnitude yeah. more complex. Is that that's how you get them out of their element rather than continuing to film and being on TV. I agree completely, 100%. Speaking of comedians, surprise, Daniel Tosh has been secretly married for two years. Uh, yeah, well, I'm sure if she's married Daniel Tosh that she wants to keep it a secret. <laughs> <laughs> One of the biggest jerks I've ever had in the studio. Oh, really? Oh, God, what a pain in the ass. He really thinks he's special. He really does. I mean, he's been very successful on that Tosh.0, mm-hmm. but all he's doing is playing clips, and he's reading other people's jokes so i don't know why you're so special yeah it's like talk show hosts it's like you're not even writing the material right are you so rich and famous well on the johnny carson show pat mccormick wrote all those jokes pat mccormick was a genius joke writer oh yeah he pat mccormick got married pat mccormick was a big guy he's dead now he's about six six and weighed about 350 pounds really big guy and they had a he and his wife had a baby so he invites everybody from the Tonight Show cast over for dinner. And they're sitting at the table, and they roll out the meat cart. They opened up the uh, the little hood on the meat cart, and a baby was in the meat cart. <laughs> <laughs> bon really appetit. Nice. Here. Oh, how'd that get in there? Now, here's some funny business. According to a new report, comedian Daniel Tosh secretly married Carly Hallam, a writer on his Comedy Central show, Tosh.0, more than two years ago. Tosh 43 and Hallam 31 tied the knot on April 15, 2016 at a hush-hush ceremony in Malibu, California. Details of the relationship are scarce, but Hallam has been been writing for Tosh.0 since 2012. She's also appeared on screen in nine episodes of the show, which features viral videos, original skits, and social commentary. It's currently airing its 10th season. It's been on for 10 years. Hallam has also written for Brooklyn Nine-Nine since 2016. The comedy was dropped by Fox last month, was picked up for a sixth season by NBC. That show is not funny in the yeah, least. Yeah, I'm not a fan. Uh, I like the one guy. I like the police chief on it. I do like him, but he's the only thing about that show I do like. It's just, it's not funny. Tosh and Helm are both on social media, but neither seems to have addressed their relationship online. 
In a 2016 blog post on Hallam's personal website, however, she wrote that she and her long-term boyfriend had been together for three years by that point. Reps for the couple have not responded to requests for comment. Well, who cares? Truly, who cares? Although it's kind of... Uh, out Daniel Tosh, he always likes to play the ambiguous kind of sexuality. Yeah, a lot of people does. thought he was yeah. gay. I oh, thought a lot he of was gay. Thought. Yeah, a lot of people did. He, well, he's a handsome man, there's no doubt about it. You can't uh, take that away from me. He's, he's a very handsome Because we kid. know that no ugly guys are gay. Well, that's true. But <laughs> no, Wow, he's 43. He is. He's done very, very well. And he was uh, born in Germany. He, oh, he was? Mm. His father was in the military or something? Oh, he's only 43, so probably not. Son of a minister. Son of a minister? Boy, that shows through in his act. Yeah, no kidding. Yeah, that comes right through. Oh, he must be the son of a minister. I, uh, gosh, I, you know what I'm saying. Ah, uh, that's too bad. A shrine has been erected for uh, the Pawn Stars patriarch Richard Harrison inside the pawn shop. Yeah, he, uh, he died. Almost immediately, fans from all walks of life began sending flowers and well wishes to the Pawn Stars family. Rick Harrison, the old man's son, shared an image from inside the Las Vegas base pawn shop that shows a makeshift shrine to its late founder. According to TMZ, the memorial includes the old man's signature chair, hat, and cup of coffee. There are also images of him at a life-size cutout. Rick said that the Vegas Golden Knights hockey team dropped off flowers as well, which is very cool. I mean, it, 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 he did quite a character. Toward the end, you could tell that all of his comments were scripted. Because mm-hmm. he'd do things like, well, you know what happens when you assume you make an ass oh out of God. you. You know, and he goes, you forgot the me. Get it? You know, whatever. But uh, I, haven't, I have never seen an episode of that show. Me either. Is it oh, any good? I, I used to watch it. Did yeah, you? it was. You know, you know it's scripted and everything, but you're still learning history and stuff, especially yeah, when true. people brought yeah. in like stuff from NASA or stuff from the Civil War. Mm-hmm. So then you'd get like this backstory. They usually like the older stuff. They'd have like this. He was a curator, I think, of some museum in Las Vegas. Oh yeah. So he would never put a value on anything, but he would give you this full in-depth, you know, historical account of something about that item. So I thought it was kind of an interesting show. I liked it. I liked the characters. (laughs) There was a meme on social media this morning already. It's got, uh, you know, the old man saying, I I want to live to be to 100 or something like that. And it's got his son saying, well, the best I can do is 77. Oh, (laughs) God. That's what they would always say. That's cold. Yeah, so. It's funny. It's funny and cool, but it seems like that's something that the old man would say. You know what I mean? Because yeah, he had yeah, that very yep. sarcastic humor. Yep. So, so he. Um, I wonder if he died of like self-inflicted problems. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he did. Yes, seventy-seven isn't that young, though. So well, not he that said old he, either, had, he had Parkinson's. Yeah, he did have Parkinson's. So uh, I, I don't know yeah. if it started progressing real fast. And yeah, he died of Parkinson's. Ralph, to a lot of guys now who've been socked in the head many times, they develop Parkinson's as a result of that. Well, that's one of the things. I mean, just, it's just like yeah. the uh, uh, chronic head injury syndrome. Is that they those a lot of those conditions, whether it's dementia, whether it's uh, uh, acute uh, depression like that, whether it's Parkinson's, they're kind of related with regards to the, with the way your brain responds mm-hmm. or scars. And and even those those a recent British study that said that if you're systolic blood pressure is greater than 135 chronically, that you have have a 45% increase in having um, dementia. Yeah, I could see that. So so there's an insinuation of some chronic trauma piece to it, which kind of makes sense, particularly knowing what we know about football players and and boxers. And that idea about boxers uh, being boxer drunk or punch drunk, that is – that's been known since I was – when I was in medical school. That was a common thing. So when, with this whole thing about the football players, I go, yeah. I mean, it, was, it, it seems obvious. The only reason I'm asking you that is because I went in for an exam, and the neurologist, I guess, what they would call it, he was kind of, said, you've had a, an injury right here and another one right here and another one at the back of your head. Where did you get all those? And I said, well, the one on the left side of my head that you pointed out when I was in between sixth and seventh grade, a guy hit me in the head with a bat. And I will never forget how that felt. 
That hurt, man. Getting hit in the head with a bat. Yeah. And he oh, snuck man. up on me to do you're, it. You're giving me a headache. He, like, he, like, he sucker hit me, too, because he snuck up on me and then swung the bat and hit me in the head. Yeah. Because he was a cowardly little prick. You know, <laughs> other than that. Russell Crowe even tweeted his condolences, writing, Just heard about Richard Harrison, also known as the old man from Just at Pawn Stars. Uh, R.I.P. My condolences to the Harrison family. Thanks for all the hours of entertainment. Richard, my sons and I will miss you. So that's kind of nice. Yeah. Russell Crowe. Who's he going to play? He's got a uh, role in a new movie coming out. He's going to play... Russell Crowe? Yeah, Russell Crowe's got a, got a movie coming out. He plays a, a famous figure. Uh, Roger Ailes. Roger Ailes. There you go. That's exactly what it is. It makes sense because they look almost the same. He's been hitting the donuts. Russell Crowe. Yeah, oh, yeah. He, has. he absolutely yes, he has. has. Yeah. A lot of donuts and pancakes. Yeah, I don't know what the hell his deal is. He's out there he, in L.A. He's been going to the Korean uh, donut places, or the, Vietnamese, the Korean donut places. Yeah, there you go. Great donuts. Korean donuts? Oh, yeah. No, the Koreans have taken over that industry. Huh. And they, oh, the one place over on Magnolia in Burbank, the best donuts. They had the best uh, apple fritters ever, all really? time. Really? Yeah. Really good. Yep. I know she didn't send me any, but yeah, you know, no, I was in Burbank. Come don't on, worry about can't it. Send them oh back. yeah, they don't have uh, UPS or Federal Express out there. <laughs> yeah, that's okay. Don't worry about me. Well, here's an interesting thing about Parkinson's: uh, not smoking increases your risk of Parkinson's. Not smoking. Par- stimulants decrease the risk of Parkinson's by like a lot. Oh, maybe I should the more get back caffeine, to drinking caffeine. The more caffeine you drink, the lower your incidence of Parkinson's. Damn it. And I I gave it lower, up just does, does that lower your risk of uh, dementia too? I don't. I know that caffeine related. and nicotine are both neuroprotectants. Huh. I know that much. I mean, the problem with nicotine, obviously, is the method in which you get it is usually less healthy than the neuroprotectant effect. And that's and and, and many people say that's why a lot of people are schizophrenic. Or psychotic will be smoking because that takes the edge off that schizophrenia. Yeah, oh, I'm sure yeah. it does. Natural yeah, <clears throat> that makes sense. Neuroprotective effects of caffeine and neurodegenerative diseases. I already caffeine had... is beneficial in Alzheimer's and Parkinson's. Uh, in animal models in ALS. So yeah, well, Huntington's. Dis- Korea. Yeah, Huntington's Korea. Yeah, hunting. Well, yeah, Huntington's. That's is Woody Guthrie. Pretty That's horrible. What he had. Yeah, and there you go. So, yeah, caffeine, good for your brain. I have literally received a ton of, uh, I guess, tweets and posts and all kinds of stuff saying that I should make sure that I take in about 400 milligrams of caffeine a day. Does that make sense? That's a lot of caffeine a day. I know, but how many How many would you recommend I, they take oh, in? Wow. Like 200? Uh, a cup of coffee, 8 ounces, has 100. So, so be... two cups of coffee. A day, about Four, 200. 400 milligrams would be four cups of coffee four a day. Cups. That's a lot. But two cups would be good. Yeah. 200. Yeah, but you don't drink coffee. No, but I can take caffeine pill. They got little capsules of caffeine. But I wonder if they're oh. going to start uh, recommending that. They do recommend vitamin D for uh, a neuroprotective. D uh, for dementia? Yeah. And they... Uh, We've got to take a break. We'll be right back and we'll continue okay. with what Ralph is talking to Andy about right after this Tom Bernard show. Did you know that about 60% of people over the age of 60 are starting to experience cloudy, blurry, or dim vision due to cataracts? Tom Bernard here for Whiting Clinic LASIK and Eye Care. Whiting Clinic is best known for their fabulous LASIK results. You've heard me rave about them for years, but did you know they're also experts in cataract surgery? Yes, indeed, and I'm here to tell you about my wonderful experience having cataract surgery at Whiting Clinic. I'm at that age when my vision started to fade, so I called up the folks at Whiting Clinic. They helped me out right away. My cataract surgery was super easy, and thanks to the Whiting Clinic, my vision is top-notch once again. Whiting Clinic has the most advanced lens technology options, so I can see far away and up close without wearing any glasses. If you want to learn more about your options for cataract surgery or clearer vision, attend one of Whiting Clinic's cataract seminars. Call Whiting Clinic at 855-554-2020 to RSVP today. That's 855-554-2020 to learn more about your cataract surgery options at Whiting Clinic. This is Tom, and I want to tell you a story about camping. A guy named Tim, his back pain, and his angry wife. You see, Tim went camping with his family, but he aggravated his recurring back problem a couple of days before when he was golfing with his buddies. His wife had to set up the campsite and do all the heavy lifting, and Tim couldn't do a whole lot with the two kids. Tim was not a happy camper. 
and neither was his wife. The following Monday, Tim's wife got him an appointment at Hopkins Health and Wellness Center, a DMR method clinic. Their team of physical therapists and chiropractors figured out what was really wrong with his back, quickly got him out of pain, and taught him how to keep it from coming back. And what did Tim say was the biggest benefit of finally handling his back problem? Happy wife, happy life. DMR clinics are a group of physical therapists, chiropractors, and allied medical spine specialists that can help you feel better fast. They have a 96% success rate. It's covered by insurance, and you don't need a referral. They have convenient locations in Hopkins, Woodbury, Rogers, and Blaine. For a free consultation, go to dmrmethod.com. That's dmrmethod.com. Oh, you got another pair of white playing for me. Oh, baby. Do you think now, because my voice, I'm, my voice, vocal cords are so relaxed, that people will refuse me service because I think I'm black? Mm. It might be. Yeah, I was wondering if I could get, just hang up on me. <laughs> yeah, it's a possibility. Yeah, it's amazing. I, I, I thought it would kind of, throughout the day, kind of get higher because, of, you know, it wore it down a little bit, but it hasn't. It was weird. I woke up yesterday with this, and it's continued today, and it's like, it's lasting longer today than it did yesterday, though. Yesterday, it was just for basically up until about 11, but now it's 2.30, and it's still where it was, so I don't know what to tell you. So you guys were talking about uh, caffeine, and this could be helpful to our audience, so I want you to continue talking about that, that taking caffeine actually protects you neurologically. Yep, it's a neuroprotective agent. So if you, if you, but I see, I don't know what the medical recommendations are, or will they come about? You know, they, there's recommendations. You take a baby aspirin if you have a, if you have risk yeah. factors for a heart attack. You take a vitamin D uh, as a as sort of a neuroprotective kind of a thing as well. And I wonder if they're going to say that you should be taking caffeine or you should be even taking nicotine. Yeah, maybe. Nicotine is also nicotine. a neuroprotectant. But yeah. if if they went out and said that, then people would start smoking two packs a day yeah, and then be true. like, "Oh, why are why do I have lung cancer now?" <laughs> no, you got to vape it. You got to vape it. That's yeah. really the best way. You know? and, and, and 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 if and when uh marijuana becomes uh, available over uh, the THC uh, becomes available, those products become available, will they show some health benefits that are going to recommend as a chronic basis? Who knows? Who knows what's going to happen to all that? Yeah, I suppose. Until it's legalized, you're not going to get good studies. They're going to be able to show uh, a significant benefit or Mm -hmm. detriment to that. And so that's the next step. Yeah, last weekend, as a matter of fact, someone offered me a joint. And I said, you know, I I like taking Indica, but it's got to be edible because I cannot inhale smoke. I would start choking like a madman if I inhaled smoke. Yeah, that is, boy, you, that's hard work to try to do that. Every time I've been smoking a cigar and the wind blows the wrong way. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's like I can't even, you know, and it goes down. I can't even breathe for a while. You are correct, sir. It's true. Royal rules were made to be broken, right? That was Susan Sarandon's approach when she excitedly walked up to Queen Elizabeth and shook her hand at Sunday's Royal Windsor Cup polo match. Why is Susan Sarandon at a Royal Cup polo match? Who knows? That's a the hell is that all about? Royal protocol states that guests should wait to be introduced to the Queen before speaking to her. Uh, Sarandon was likely unaware of the tradition, but the Queen seemed to enjoy her company. All the same, the monarch, 92.5, offered a big <laughs> smile while her husband, um, Prince Philip, City's 97, appeared not to recognize Sarandon. Well, I, yeah, I suppose she probably wouldn't recognize Susan Sarandon, I would, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, Susan Sarandon isn't the same Susan Sarandon that we know from movies necessarily. No. She might look a little different now. Yeah. UK outlet The Daily Express reported that he leaned across his wife seemingly to get a better look at the face of their visitor, which would make sense. Sporting a low-cut white dress and red sandals, the Academy Award-winning actress, she's 71 now, stood out at the event, the oldest tournament that takes place on Windsor grounds. This was the second weekend polo event in a row for the royal couple. So the queen handled it with class like she should. That makes sense to me. So what did she do? Approach the queen? She just walked right up to the queen and t- started talking to her, which you are not supposed to do. Mm. I feel like at the age of 143 or whatever the queen is. Yeah, 143. She's 92.5. Kind of, she's only 92? Yeah. Oh. Well. <laughs> she's only 92? <laughs> well, she's she been around much forever. Worse. That's really nice, Andy. But, yeah, I feel like at, the, at a certain point, 
you just can't care about that kind of thing anymore. It's like, you know, I've been stuffy for the past 75 years. It's time to, you know, live like a normal person but for it, once. It's our etiquette and it's that, that, that whole uh, royalty fantasy that, uh, you know, we, and the, the humans like to maintain. Is that they like, oh, you can't touch them. You can't look at them. You always have to bow when yeah. you're in front of them. I mean, there's a thousand yeah. things that are imposed on, on subjects. I could never regard. be royalty. You would, could never be royalty? You no. never could be a subject. I could never be royalty. Why not? That whole thing makes me uncomfortable. Yeah, but they give you so much money. Well, that's true. You know, you I go, take the money. I just wouldn't do the etiquette. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's nice. That's really nice. But, I'd be like Donald Trump. Yeah, that's true. You'd be just he like Donald really Trump. He doesn't really do the whole presidential etiquette thing, and he seems to be uh, pretty happy with it. God, I love these headlines. <clears throat> Here are the headlines three in a row. You ready? Cops, he crossed the world to break into teen's home, and mom shot him. Mississippi State softball player dies of ovarian cancer. And how does reverse mortgage work? <laughs> oh, apparently we snuck a little yeah. ad in there, did we? One of those things. God, I just like love others. it. It's just, come on. And it, but it appears the exact same way mm-hmm. as the sports stories uh, and, the, and the news stories. Uh, it's just, that's so sneaky. Isn't a lot of the internet sneaky as hell? You have to know what is not to be clicked. They're being, they're, yeah, they're being more and more conniving with regards to they're trying oh, to yeah. present you things and trying to get the, those those ads in in some way. It's a, it's a bizarre bizarre twist to the internet. And I think uh, Catherine said it. I said it's going to teach people not to click on. I don't click on anything. No, unless, you don't click on anything. Unless I really anymore. want something, I don't. I don't even bother. I don't even look at it anymore. Oh, so this story, this story really bothered me. It just, I don't know how the hell it happened, but uh, that father who was shot to death at the Malibu Park, well, with his two daughters who were like three and five years old, James Rogers was hiking the Backbone Trail just south of Malibu Creek State Park two years ago. Did they finally figure out that it was the daughter uh, who got her hands on the gun? No, that's what you speculate, I know. I'm pretty sure that's what happened. James Rogers was hiking the Backbone Trail just south of Malibu Creek State Park two years ago when he was hit by birdshot from a shotgun as he slept in a hammock. I heard a loud bang and then felt a burning sensation in my arm and fell to the ground, said Rogers, who needed surgery to remove the pellets. Uh, Before I could look at my wound, I did a quick check of the perimeter and I saw nothing which I suppose would make sense. You wouldn't see anything because they're hiding the... I thought he died. No, this is a different story. Oh. Authorities investigated the shooting without ever finding a suspect, and Rogers said in an interview Monday that he he has always believed he was shot at close range. Now the case is getting new attention as detectives try to solve the mystery killing of a father who was shot inside his tent last week while camping with his young daughters inside the state park. Well, these kids are tiny... They're two and four. Los Angeles uh, County Sheriff's investigators are examining several unsolved early shootings in the area uh, over the last couple of years. At the same time, state park officials announced Monday that the campground where last week's shooting occurred was being closed until further notice. The safety of park visitors is our top priority, the Park Service said in a statement. Tristan Baudet, a scientist who worked in pharmaceuticals, was camping at the state park in Calabasas just off Las Virgines Road yeah. on Friday when he was fatally shot before dawn while asleep with his four- and two-year-old daughters. Los Angeles County Sheriff Jim McDonald said detectives are examining whether the uh, killing is connected to prior shootings at the state park. Officials said they have not found evidence so far linking Baudet's death to other shootings. They also could not offer a full count of the number of shootings in the area told by those working there there have been uh, these past shootings, and that's got to be rather scary to w- work there, I would think. Told by those shooting, those working out there, there have been several other shootings, Rogers said. Melis Tantangelo uh, was camping in her Honda when she heard a loud noise around 5 o'clock in the morning on January, uh, well, in January 2017. She and another camper did not go outside, but she later found part of an ammunition round in the back of her car ammunition where she had been sleeping. Round? Yeah, it says a, I think they mean a round of ammunition. <laughs> she found the brass. But that, what, what, what's, what were they shot with? Any of that? One guy was shot with a shotgun. Uh-huh. One guy was shot with birdshot, yeah. Yeah, it doesn't say. 
She reported the incident to authorities. She noted on her Facebook page. In a Facebook post, she wrote that she believes a shotgun was fired about 20 feet away, and if the line of fire had been an inch higher, she would have been struck as she slept inside the vehicle. Why would people just randomly open fire on campers? What is this all about? Some, some wingnut, someone that's troubled. So mm-hmm. you're, you're infringing on my territory, and therefore I must shoot you? Maybe. Or, yeah. Or they're just crazy. I guess that's what it is. Put up the trail cams. Yeah, really. That'd be good. You clandestinely just put up all, you know, 20 trail camps, catch whoever's wandering around there in the middle of the night. Yeah, make the $500 investment. Yeah, that'd be good. Baudette, an Irvine resident and a veteran of the outdoors, was camping there to allow his wife, an Orange County obstetrician, some quiet time to study for an examination before 5 a.m. Sheriff's deputies responded to a shot-fired call from the area, found Baudette bleeding. He died before he could be taken to a hospital. In the aftermath of the shooting, deputies with canines scoured the campground and surrounding trails for clues. Los Angeles County Sheriff's Lieutenant Rodney Moore said investigators are sifting through evidence from the scene and that the firearm was not found. Detectives have been uh, begun reviewing other shootings in the area, but have no evidence yet that uh, ties any prior incidents to last week's slaying. Uh, does, I haven't seen yet where... Um, was he shot by a shotgun or not? It doesn't say if he was shot by a shotgun with a shotgun or not. So I, I don't know. Yeah, because that would, would show some sort of consistency that the guy's using right. a shotgun. Because you can't. It's hard to trace uh, around from a shotgun. That's why it's so so fun to use. Stupid people. I can't believe the people doing this. This stuff makes no sense to me. Why, why would somebody go nutty like that? I don't know. Those who responded to the scene were told by campers they believe the shot came from a distance into the campsite, according to sources who spoke on the condition of anonymity because they were not authorized to comment. Sheriff's officials declined to describe the specifics of the shooting. Yeah, it's hard to kill somebody with a shotgun from far away. I would think so, yeah. I mean, the, the shot, well, I, I guess if it's, if it's big buckshot, but if it's, or if it's a slug, that's one thing. But if it's, it's just buckshot, man, that, yeah. that, that you know, that it's, if you're far any distance at all, it stings you, you know. Mm-hmm. But I think the chance of being killed is small. Not It's not quite... It doesn't penetrate that far. Yeah, I would think so. It's probably completely true. And slugs are like, you know, I don't think shotguns are rifled, are they? No. Yeah, so the accuracy beyond very far is going to drop yeah. off a lot. Yeah, 20, 20 to 50 yards. is, is, is I think that's kind of the range. Boy, I'm having deer hunter with a shotgun slug, but that's kind of the range that they would you know, look at. George is with us. George has joined. George, how are you? Oh, I'm doing good, Tom. Yourself? I'm doing extremely well. Thank you for asking. George, how do you pronounce your last name? Trigger. Like the trigger bug? Like the trigger bug. bug. George Trigger. Annual competition in Coney Island on July 4th, 2018. World champion Joey Chestnut to defend title against Carmen Cincotti. Or Cincotti. Depends on if he pronounces it the American way or the Italian way. So, uh, oh my God. George, I, make sure during this interview that I don't piss you off, okay? George is six, good. Six, six and weighs 340 pounds. You do not want to make George angry. <laughs> in other words. Uh, so, George, what, you grew up in, in Pocono Pines, Pennsylvania? Yes, sir. So uh, how did you get involved? Because it, it, what's weird, George, is most of these professional eaters, or I shouldn't say most of them, but a lot of them are tiny people. Like especially the women who do uh, competition eating, right? Oh, definitely, definitely uh, small, tiny, petite women, and you know the men that are really putting up the big numbers are, are tiny also. Yeah, exactly. So, so how did a guy your size get into the business? Uh, you, have you all just been able to eat a lot and hold a lot? And how did the, how did it uh, make itself evident to you you should be doing this? Um, I've, I've always been, you know, intrigued in like the food competitions and, uh, the challenges and stuff. And I, I've always consumed a lot. My, my calorie intake daily is insane. Um, but my mentor, Laurel, she's, uh, you know, ranked competitive eater, tiny, um, professional. And she ran into me, you know, out in town one day and she, you know, I overheard her talking about it and she's like, Oh, you know, I can eat more hot dogs than you. And I'm like, oh, I, I doubt this. And she 
she didn't prove me wrong, but she proved that I could consume some hot dogs very quickly. Yeah. And she she was at at me to, you know, to try to qualify to go to Coney Island, and you know, I've been trying for the past few years, and finally, you know, this year I was able to put up some good numbers and and take first place and move on. I, so I'm yeah. excited. Oh yeah, I mean, I I, I got to be honest with you, George. I watch it every year. I watch people just eating those hot, those Nathan's hot, famous <laughs> hot dogs every Fourth of July, because it is interesting to watch uh, George Chigger with us from Pocono Pines, Pennsylvania, six six, three hundred forty pounds, thirty nine years old. How he got here? He won Norfolk Virginia qualifier with thirty hot dogs and buns in ten minutes. That's pretty impressive, sir. Thank you. Uh, we yeah, we have to it's, take a it's crazy. I got to take a very, very quick break, George. We'll be right back in a couple minutes to join you, okay? Okay. Excellent. We'll be right back more with George Chigger right after this Tom Bernard Show. Tom here for Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning. When you call Sabre for service, you'll get a certified technician that's an expert at diagnosing, repairing, and installing heating and air conditioning equipment. Sabre Techs give you the service you need, not the other stuff that you don't need. When you combine that with Sabre's A rating for customer service and the best equipment from Bryant, you get exactly what you need. So make the call to Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning today. Sabre and Bryant, whatever it takes. I remember when my older brother came home from Vietnam and how proud I was to be seen with him in uniform. I'm a huge supporter of our military men and women and always have been. I've also got a soft spot for women and children. Lincoln said in his second inaugural speech that we should take care of the wounded and care for the widows and orphans. That's exactly what the Gold Star Ride Foundation does. This summer, the Gold Star Ride Foundation will travel across the country visiting Gold Star families on an ambitious adventure to help those families and remind them they are not forgotten. I made a commitment to help this organization just like Weston Choppers, Northlight Color, and Print Media Minnesota, and you should too. It's pretty easy to do. Just visit www.goldstarride.org and click the Donate button. Many of my listeners already have, and that's great, but let's not forget, we're all in this together. www.goldstarride.org. Today's a good day to do it. Be proud of our veterans and their families. Make a contribution today. Just eat it. Are you playing Just Eat It? <laughs> yeah. I do love him, though. i got to be honest with you. How can you not play this song talking about a hot dog eating contest? Well, you're right. You're absolutely right. Ladies and gentlemen, we are talking to George Chigger, uh, promoting the annual competition in Coney Island on July 4th, 2018. World champion Joey Chestnut to defend title. Uh, and I want to point something out to people. I've already pointed out that George from Pocono Pines, Pennsylvania, is 6'6 six, six and 340. Uh, lest you think he's a big fat guy, he's not, and he will probably kick your ass if you, <laughs> if you think that. George, you're a big guy, man. I was looking at your pictures here. Uh, are, were you a power lifter? No, you know, I just naturally big. I've, I've really never lifted a day in my life. N- never. God, you look like you've been a power lifter yeah. your whole life. No, I just I, I work every day for a living. So. Oh, <laughs> okay, George. I know what you're saying. Working every day for a living. Um, so he won the Norfolk Virginia qualifier with 30 hot dog bun- uh, dogs and buns in 10 minutes. Now, Ralph uh, Ralph Basham has a question for you. Well, George. more importantly, I'm, I'm a former Pennsylvanian, yeah, uh, south right. of Pittsburgh. Uh, I grew up, uh, George. How- how do you qualify? What, what are the qualifying rounds? you have to qualify on hot dogs, or can you do donuts? Or what, what, how does that process work? Uh, no, everything is uh, it, it's hot dogs for the Nathans. And, like, they have qualifiers all over the country. And you just, you know, you, you go to the, you know, you register, you go to the qualifier, and you have to take first place. You have to come in first, so, um, you know, to move on to Coney Island. George, did you always know you could eat a lot? And hold a lot after you've eaten it. Um, yeah, I've I've always you know growing up I you know always ordered two meals like two burgers or you know two pizzas or two whatever and I I you know consumed a lot and then you know getting you know into this you know just pushing myself 
um, you know, every week and, you know, practicing and training, it, it just, you know, I'm able to, you know, work on my technique to speed up and take more in. And, and um, you know, when I first tried it, they're like, oh, you, you know, you have a knack for this. You push yourself to do more. And I have. So I'm, I'm here and I'm, I'm going to Coney this year. I'm so excited about it. No, oh, you should be excited about it. George, I did look up some information during the break. And after seeing your picture, based on your your muscle mass and your size in general, you have to eat between five and six thousand calories a day just to maintain your size. Yes. So that's great well, news for I, you. Yeah. <laughs> that's great news. You could eat <laughs> it, a lot. It is <laughs> definitely. Um, I, I do consume quite a bit. Um, you know, I've actually lost a bunch of weight since I got into this because I try to eat healthier. And I don't consume as much calories mm-hmm. on a daily basis because when I do, you know, my training of the hot dogs, I consume, you know, so much in one at one sitting. I try to balance it out. Yeah, I. And how, how long? What the competition this year? How long as you're standing there on the platform, Coney Island, on the Fourth of July, the world champion Joey Chestnut, right there on the on the dais with you. Um, how long are you, is the period in which you must consume the most hot dogs? How long, how long do they time it? It is 10 minutes. So you've already done yep, this many, many minutes. times. Um, and what's the world record for eating hot dogs on the 4th of July? Oh, I think, I want to say it's 73 and a half. 73 and a half? Yep. Oh, my God, that's unbelievable. Is that with or without buns? It's with buns. That's... It- too it's much. With one, yeah. <laughs> oh, Too God. many. And do you dip them in water before you eat them? I've seen a lot of people dip them. Some don't, but a lot, most of them do dip them in water to get them down easier. Yep, and it's the science behind that. You know, you, it, it takes the air out of the bun, and it makes it mm. so much easier to consume. Yep, no doubt about it. So you did 30 in 10 minutes. Do you think you can do 75? Uh, I, I, I got to push myself and work harder at it. I mean, I, I'm hoping to get into the 40s this year at, you know, Coney. I've been training harder and, you know, it's it, a lot, to, you know, the weather, the you know humidity, uh, the temperature, it all has, you know, plays a factor into, sure. um, you know, how many we can consume. That does make okay. sense. I love this line right here, George, because I'm, I'm going to say it like a professional announcer. You ready? George Chigger, 6'6", 340 pounds. He's 39 years old. He's in his rookie year as a major league eater. <laughs> I love that. You're a rookie, pal. That's awesome. So what's, what's, the, yes. what's, what's yep. the winning number on July 4th? The winning number? It, it, oh, what, what, what do you the think? Are, they're talking 80-plus. Oh, my God. In 10 minutes. Yeah, they're talking some big numbers this year. So. Oh. You know, it's just amazing how many competitive eaters, like, you know, back in the day when I first started training, you know, the numbers were 30, 40, you know, 50 was, you know, like insane. And now people are qualifying with, you know, mid 30s and high 40s and 50s. And it's just, it's just pushing everyone to the next level. And, so, and, and this is all, you know. and how do you do your training? Well, you know, I, I you just eat. How do you how do you train for something like this? I understand you have to eat a lot, but is it in, is it in stages or how does this work? Uh, you know, I, I I have big salads and you know usually double meals at night for dinner, um, and then like once a week, you know this week we're going to you know practice twice this week. But I, I go to the local hot dog stand. I order up you know twenty hot dogs or thirty hot dogs or forty <laughs> hot dogs, and I just push myself. And every week I just add to it. And push, push, push. I would like to know when you do that, what kind of look do they give you <laughs> when you're ordering 30 hot dogs? <laughs> uh, it, it catches some people off guard standing in line, you know, when we're waiting for our hot dogs to come out. They're like, did he just do you order 30 hot dogs? <laughs> like, yeah. So, um, but yeah, it's, you know, I'm, I'm not the average person, so I kind of get looks. You know, people staring at me anyway, so, you know, mm-hmm. I just give, gives them more opportunity to stare, I guess. You know, when I'm, I have 30 hot dogs piled up in front of me at the hot dog stand. I suppose it is true that at 66340, you probably do get a lot of looks. 
Yes, I, I, I stick out just a little bit. Is, is there a tour? Is there a tour that you you, you go on after you uh, you know the the top uh, performers at the uh, Nathan's Hot Dog Eating Contest? Do you go, do you go on tour and you would show up at Pink's or some of the other or Portellos in uh, Chicago and you go you, you know do personality events? That'd be the coolest thing in the world. It would. Oh, I think that'd be awesome. You know, um, I personally don't know of one, but like Major League Eating, you know, every weekend we have different events, you know, with different food um, that I could go, you know, participate in being a professional. And I have already this year, you know, I've done a couple um, eating events earlier this summer and this, you know, later this uh, summer, there's a few more that I want to go get, you know, hit in competitions and try to try to win. I'm, I'm actually, I'm doing really good in it. And what's your favorite uh, food to mass consumer consume mass quantities of? Um, that's a good question. I mean, I, I'm a foodie. I, I love food. Uh, later this year, I mean, there's like the um, Buffalo Wing Bowl coming up, and uh, there's a poutine eating contest coming up in Canada that I'm excited about. Um, but so far, I tell you what, we did strawberry shortcake two weekends ago, and that was that was a good time. <laughs> I imagine, yeah. <laughs> Uh, George, can I ask you just a couple of personal questions? Sure. Okay, good. How big is your mother? And there's a specific oh, reason um, I'm asking. No, she was a five uh, nine average. I mean, a little taller than average built woman, I guess. But the reason I ask you, you that know? is because uh, in my uh, teens and twenties, and even my early thirties, I did a lot of powerlifting. And the bigger the guy, right. the bigger the guy, the smaller his mother was. <laughs> it, was it was amazing. Oh. Honest to God. It, you look at, I look, you know, like, yeah. I don't, do you follow professional wrestling? Uh, a little bit. Yeah. A lot of guys back then, you know, 20, 30 years ago were from Robbinsdale, Minnesota. And the, a lot of them are out of Minnesota because Minnesotans tend to be big people anyway. But, uh. Uh, like Animal and Hawk, the Road Warriors, I used to hang out with those guys quite a bit, and Greg Guy, all kinds of those guys. But honestly, God, the bigger the guy, Dad was probably you know six two and weighed maybe two ten, two twenty. But their mothers are all little tiny women. It was hilarious. Do you? Oh, have... definitely. Yeah, my my. Go oh, ahead. Go ahead. Parents are definitely small. Um, you know, my dad was six two. And when I was 12 years old, I was the size of my dad, you know, 6'2", 200 pounds. Uh, but I don't know, I was premature, too. So I think that might have something to do with it. I was three and a half pounds when I was born, three months early. And uh, my parents always said they just they fed me constantly. And they just haven't, they never stopped, you know. I suppose three and a half pounds when you're born three and a half. Now, when I was born, I was 11 pounds and was two feet long. I was 24 inches tall when I was born. But I'm nowhere near wow. as big as you are, man. I'll tell you that you're a big fella. But I, um, do you have brothers and sisters? Yeah, I got two brothers. And how are they big guys too? Uh, six two, six four, but they're not as big. You know, they're you know two and a half, three. You know, two seventy five maybe. I just I got a little bit more, you know, grunt. I guess behind me. So at Thanksgiving, do they get to sit down like a half hour before you do, so they can get something to eat? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely. I'm, I'm happy to hear that. George, do you have an agent? Uh, not yet, no. Okay, be careful, <laughs> first of all, because a lot of agents are thieves. But the only reason I say it, you have a great personality. You should you should go on tour, man. You absolutely should because you, you're kind of an, just an average Joe kind of guy. It's like very pleasant to talk to. Uh, you respond to everything. You, you should definitely go on tour and do some TV appearances and all that kind of stuff. That'd be a great idea. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. I, you know, um, I'll have to, I have to look into all that. You know, everything's changing this year. I'm, I'm yeah. very excited. You know, um, I got a little bit of social media stuff going on and, you know, talking to you guys on the radio, this is exciting. This is all new to me. So, you know, being yeah. a rookie at 39, I got a lot to, lot to learn and, you know, uh, hopefully, you know, the whole industry of competitive eating is changing too. So, you know, maybe one day this will be my full-time job and I could go on tour. That would be great. I will tell you this, George, and don't tell anybody else I, I, I told you this, especially guys that are your size. 
but this is true, and you're not. You're a great interview. You're fun to talk to. You're a very nice man, but a lot of really big guys are morons. <laughs> well, I mean, you don't need to outsmart people. Then that's right. You don't, you don't need, need to. You don't learn to. <laughs> I think that's wonderful. Correct. Uh, George, I'd like to talk to you, whatever the situation is, after the 4th of July, if you'd like to pop back on, I want to talk to you. But I absolutely would, would you got to pick the right one so he doesn't steal all your money, but he or she. But you need to go out on tour because I think you'd be a hell of a spokesperson for, uh, for Nathan's Hot Dogs or whatever it is. I think you'd do a great job. You're an imposing figure, which is always good. People pay attention to you. Like you said, you, you get looks when you go out in public. But I absolutely, if I were you, I'd, I'd get an agent and go out and do some speaking tour stuff and some television, some radio. It's a great idea. Well, man, I, I really appreciate the confidence behind, you know, pushing me out to do this. And I would most, you know, I definitely want to come back on the show and talk to you guys and, you know, tell you, you know, talk about the, the outcome of Coney. I would love know, the it. Future competitions. Well, you've got a you got an open invitation to come on this show. You're a great guy to talk to. I just love. Hey, listen, when somebody is six six three forty and's got a great personality, that's a that's a that's a huge gift across the board, man. That's wonderful. <laughs> George, I look forward awesome. to talking to you. So so yeah, reach out after the. I'll be watching you because I always watch it on the Fourth of July, and then after that, we'll talk to you again. I look forward to it, sir. Oh, that'll be great. Thank you. I'm looking forward. Thank you, George. George Chigger, Pocono Pines, Pennsylvania, 6'6", 340 pounds, 39 years old, in his rookie year as a major league eater. <laughs> what a nice man. Yeah. A nice guy. But, but George, you know, if, 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 you're, if you're still listening, stay away from the Wienermobile. No Wienermobile. Yeah, no Wienermobile. You're way above that. Way oh, beyond. Oh, God, there's no way you'd fit in the Wienermobile. Anyway, <laughs> I've been in the Wienermobile. There's no way a guy that big is going to fit in the Wienermobile. Not happening. <laughs> I uh, great guest today. Once again, I mean, Roland Phillips was wonderful. Kristen Burtzall was great. She's one of my she's favorite tall. people she's at all. Mm-hmm. Isn't she just Love wonderful? And now George Chigger uh, is going to be in the hot dog eating contest on Cody Island on July 4th. It is televised. It's a televised event. So keep an eye out for George. You can't miss him, though. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's a big fella right there. Yeah. Because when I first saw those numbers, I was like, oh, is he just some big fat guy? It's like, no, he's not. I looked at his picture. That's what he should do is, like, dress up like a professional wrestler. Yeah. And do, like, Nathan Hot Dogs commercials. You I know, like it. a throwback to the 80s commercials. I love it. Where they'd have, like, people like Mr. T do stuff. <laughs> a bit of the fool. A bit of a fool. <laughs> Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Tom Bernard Show.